Hey, Alexa, what crap did John Hicks say this week on the radio? I'm sure I don't want to hear it, but I'm interested to find out. Helping you solve the retirement puzzle. Welcome to The Retirement Solution with John Hicks. Here with John Hicks, I'm Jennifer Perry. We'd love to hear from you here on the Retirement Solution Podcast. You can always drop us an email with any questions for John at retirementsolutionradio.com. And a lot of times, John, you also get questions too about where the heck do I invest my money today? I mean, there are a number of different options out there. And it was interesting to hear NBA star Shaquille O'Neal talk about this recently with the Wall Street Journal. Now, he says for him... Personally, he likes to invest in only the things he, that he really understands. After my first championship, Wheaties. My people say, hey, man, why don't you be on the cover of Wheaties? I said, I can't do that. They said, what do you mean, brother? Breakfast champions? I said, don't know what it tastes like. Never going to taste it. Frosted Flakes will always be my first option if you want to talk <laughs> cereal business with me. Then Fruit Loops, then Fruity Pebbles, period. There ain't nothing to talk about. Okay, can you imagine Shaq's face on a box of like frosted flakes? Like that wouldn't make any sense, but I, I love his approach though. And truly, if you do some digging into what he actually invests in, he puts money in companies like um, the Ring Doorbell. I saw that recently where sure. he's put a lot of effort into that because he actually believes in it. But I'm wondering for the rest of us, is there a lesson in this? Yeah, invest only in breakfast cereals, right? <laughs> per shack, per shack. Invest only in breakfast cereals. Fruit Loops. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think this was an old mantra that Benjamin Graham, who's the one that taught, uh, you know, Warren Buffett. Uh, I think this is an old thing he said. He's, you know, number one, you would look for a good company that you understand what they do. And you want to make sure that you're paying an appropriate price for that. That's it. Yeah. I mean, old school. Now, that was a long time ago. You know, Benjamin Graham was essentially uh, teaching Buffett in the early 40s and 50s. So because of that, things have changed just a little bit. Mm -hmm. But this brings up an interesting point because I have had uh, an entire glut of people recently who, who've kind of had this problem. And I'm talking very successful people who've been sitting on hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars in some cases of cash right now. Hmm. And this is an interesting thing to me. And in and, and, and talking to these folks, here's what they basically told me. They say, you know, well, John, you know, we're, we're a little nervous about what's going on out there. Sure, we, we all are a little bit. But, you know, we, we just wanted to keep the money, you know, in safer spots. And so we left them in, you know, cash or CDs or money market because, you know, we can understand that. That makes total sense. But the amazing thing is in doing that, all these situations where, where we have a whole bunch of cash and guys, I know if you're like me, you're out there too. And I probably right now have a little bit more cash than usual. Mm -hmm. um, and it's because, not because there's not a good opportunity out there, but I'm looking for different assets that I want to purchase. I just haven't seen the right opportunity yet for some of my cash. Mm -hmm. But these folks have been sitting on this kind of money for months and months and months, if not years and years and years. And the whole point is they just wanted to keep the money safe, but they're earning less than 2%. Mm. Now, this is amazing to me. This is amazing to me because in all the time uh, that I've been on this show, the whole point is I don't believe that anyone should take a tremendous amount of risk with their money either. Right. But if you're not getting at least three and a half to 4% on your super, super, super safe money, what do I mean by super safe? Well, often you can even get an insured FDIC or, or you can get an insured by a, an insurance company or collateralized by a trust company or fully secured. The point is, is that you can get that money as safe as possible and still get three and a half to four percent, which is almost twice as much. Yeah. Twice as much huge. as earning two percent or less. And so the point is, is that I don't know if it's always the right thing to only invest in what you understand. I have no idea 
how semiconductors truly work right. in my computer. <laughs> I've seen how you work your I computer. Can, you have yeah, no clue. I, I got no clue. I, there's a hamster in there on a wheel. <laughs> but but uh, same thing with my phone. I have no idea how Bluetooth works to link my headphones to my car, to my phone. I got no clue. But what I do know is that those type of investments have made people a lot of money over the past good bit of time. So what Shaq said, I understand. That's an old school way of thought. You know, mm-hmm. invest in what you understand. Uh, but but I think it's a little bit different. So here's what we should do. Number one, you need to understand with any money you have, I don't care what it's for, what do you want the outcome of that exact bucket of money to be? Is it to create an income stream in the future? Is it to leave to your beneficiaries? Is it to just truly grow? Uh, and hopefully if you need it one day, you can get it. Is it for a long-term care or healthcare costs? You know, what is truly the outcome of that money? What do you want that money to be purposed for? Because believe it or not, every single one of those different things, Jennifer, potentially requires a different investment strategy. Yeah. doesn't make it right or wrong. It's just if you want to be the most tax efficient, you probably don't want to put your money in something that's going to defer it to later. You know, if you can get something tax-free, is that potentially better? So that's first and foremost. What's the outcome? Number two, how much of that money can you truly afford to risk? And by risk, I mean lose. How much money could you truly see or reduce? So if you had $100,000 and if you lost 10% or 10000 bucks, if that's going to make you freak out, then you don't want to take a lot of risk with it, okay? If we're talking about retirement savings, the money that you're going to need to produce an income so you can live off of, I really don't recommend taking more than 12 to 15% maximum risk on the downside, which means no more than a 10 to 15% total reduction in that account. That is the maximum in my personal opinion. Now, everyone's different. And in my office, we create completely unique strategies for everyone. But for a rule of thumb, if you lose more than 15%, guys, I've seen it. We all do dumb things at the wrong time. I don't want anyone doing the dumb thing at the wrong time. And so that's what it boils down to. In the end, at the end of the day, there are so many ways that we can craft our own investment decisions. You know, Jennifer, in the last 15 years, there is so much research and so much uh, information that's come out. We can create our own formula-based models where we can basically solve to achieve what we're looking for. And people aren't aware of this. There's all kinds of stuff from sector rotation to seasonal hedging where you can hedge yourself from downturns based on adjusted seasons. And we've talked about that. that that's actually yeah. a real thing, yeah. It's, it's, all of these things are real. Uh, market cyclical systems. You can look at basically Ray Dalio, who is the greatest hedge fund manager to ever exist. Uh, Ray Dalio type systems. You can use the Yale endowment systems. You can use risk on, risk off models. You can use monthly hedging, quarterly analysis. You can basically craft whatever it is you're looking for if you know what you're doing or if you know who to ask. So if there's something that's out there that you're just not sure of or, or you are sitting on a whole bunch of cash, you're just fearful of taking any risks in the current environment, don't be fearful, guys. If you were fearful in January, you've missed out on about 17% up. If you were fearful after Trump was elected, you've missed out on almost 55 or 56% up, you see? And so the whole point is, is that you never want to take a risk that you're uncomfortable with. But you need to know what that risk level is so you can get the best you can from it. So Shaq may be a little bit wrong on that, in my opinion, mm-hmm. only because we can all do better if we what? If we know better. There's no such thing as a dumb question. Drop us an email with yours at retirementsolutionradio.com. You've told us before that there's this weird half age thing that happens yeah, yeah. at 59 and a half. Now, first of all, can you explain the half ages? Like, how do we end up with making decisions at half ages on this timeline? Well, a long time ago, in a galaxy far away, <laughs> they created the system they did not want anyone to understand. 
and they adopted that in the United States, and that's what we now use. Okay. I have no, you know, honestly, I have no clue. I'm sure there's a reason for it. Mm-hmm. Half ages, I think, are, are ridiculous. But amazingly, as we approach retirement, two of the bigger half ages happen to, you know, pop up, and they're big ones. Mm-hmm. There, there are big reasons for it. I have no idea, though, why they do the half ages. Do you know? Did I, you research no, this? No, I have a feeling it's in the IRS code there somewhere, sure like there buried is. in those, yeah. you know, 80,000 plus pages. It's fine. It, but, I think uh, what it probably boiled down to is they said something about 59, and they said something about 60, and they said, oh, we're going to have to rewrite like 800,000 pages <laughs> of crap. If we put a half age in here, then technically we don't have to rewrite anything. And I think that's probably what literally happened. <laughs> that's more the more likely scenario, I feel yeah. like. But let's talk about that first key half age for retirees. Sure. So that's 59 and a half. And what happens with your typically with your 401k plans when you reach that age, John? Yeah, so 59 and a half is one of those interesting times where if you've been putting money and plowing money away into your, your IRA, your SEP, your simple 401k, even your Roth, at 59 and a half, it's no longer, you no longer have a penalty if you want to pull that money out. See? Okay. So that, that part's pretty good. So that's the first thing is there's no longer a penalty if you want to pull the money out. Amazingly, though, one of the biggest things that can happen at 59 and a half is that if you have an employer-sponsored plan, so a 401k or even a 403b, um, if you work for the government, then you have the opportunity to often do what they call an in-service withdrawal. Now, first of all, 59 and a half, that means that you now have the opportunity to not have to be in that employer-sponsored plan. You can take your vested money, which means that, let's say that you've saved a $300,000 in that account. Okay. Now, you don't hate it, but you would like to have more options. Mm-hmm. The only safe thing in there is just a money market account that gets, you know, 0.3% or something. Yeah. It's just not very exciting. Yeah. And you've heard the show and you're like, man, if I can get something paid three and a half to four, why wouldn't I do that with a portion of the money? Mm-hmm. That is the exact reason they allow this. Okay. But you can take a portion or all of your vested savings in that account roll it into your own IRA, which is an individual retirement account, which means you get to call the shots. Nice. You can either hire someone else to manage it for you, or you can do it on your own. You could do it at Vanguard or TD Ameritrade or Schwab or Fidelity or take your pick and get the lowest cost structure literally on the planet that's available to any of us. And you can be the captain of your own ship. Or when it's in those other vehicles, then you can have someone that actually helps you through it. We do this all the time for folks. So if they're 401k, they've only got, let's say, 25 or 30 options. Mm -hmm. To be honest with you, Target date funds, in my opinion, are mostly trash. Okay. Always underperform, always underperform than if you just had quality, a stock fund, a quality bond fund, and a quality cash account. Hmm. Literally. 100% of the time, they will underperform. We we could do on our own, even at Vanguard. So I hate target date funds. All right. But when it comes down to it, you can have someone else manage that, and you can get the best of what you want. You can actually do those mathematical formula-based investings, or what they call algorithmic models, where you can basically control what you want your money to do, which is kind of cool. Yeah, and so I like you do control. I'm a control yeah. freak, so yeah. please, so, yeah. So that's 59 and a half. So you can pull okay. your money out, put whatever you want. Now, that does not stop your other plan. You can still keep contributing. You just start with a zero balance in that account because you've pulled all the money out, and then that just keeps growing. So you can still put more money into that plan and have your company match it, and at the end of a year, you basically, what they call sweep, those dollars out to your other IRA, and you keep going that way. Huh. But it all gives right. you more control, more flexibility, more freedom, but for most of us, it gives us the opportunity to do one of two things, either reduce your fees drastically or get quality fiduciary advice that otherwise would be very hard to acquire in a 401k plan.
Now, a little bit later, typically after a lot of people have retired, John, there's another key half age, and that is 70 and a half. What happens at this point for us? Yeah, so it's interesting when you think about it. So at 59 and a half, what they say is you can't touch your money without a penalty until 59 and a half. But at 70 and a half, you got to start taking some out. (laughs) If you don't take money out of those accounts, we're going to penalize you even more. Oh, lovely. yeah, Yeah, so at 70 and a half, all the money that we've saved in those tax deferred accounts, See, understand, we've deferred the taxes on those things. Mm-hmm. And Uncle Sam is broke. <laughs> we've <laughs> had this conversation before. We've had this conversation before where Uncle Sam needs some tax revenue. So at 70 and a half, they force us to start pulling money out. In the very beginning, it's a little bit less than 4%. And as we age, it becomes more and more and more. And so at 70 and a half, roughly 4%, you have to pull out of that account whether you want to or not. Even if the market obliterates itself, even if the market goes down 50%, they don't care. You have to pull out 4% of the previous December 31st balance. Hmm. Very interesting. Uh, yeah. If you do not pull that money out, they will charge you a penalty to the tune of 50% Ooh. of what you should have pulled out. Now, that's yeah. about the heftiest penalty I've heard of other than like going to jail for you know tax evasion. As far, as I, as, far as I have found... That is the highest penalty on anything within the tax code that is not fraudulent or a felony. Wow. Yeah, that is crazy. And so think about that. So let's say you have a million dollars in set accounts and you're 72 and you realize, oh, I didn't pull out my 70 and a half required minimum distribution. I should have pulled out $40,000. Well, guess what, Bubba? Not only do you still have to pull that 40 grand out and still pay taxes on that, you still also have a penalty of $20,000 tax penalty Ugh. by not pulling it out. I know. Ugh. I know. So those half ages make a pretty big difference. Number one gives you more freedom and flexibility at 59 and a half. And 70 and a half means you need to have your ducks in a row because what happens if you have a market downturn, you have to pull out 4% in a year that you didn't make that. As a matter of fact, you lost money. You have to have a game plan behind that. Where's that money going to come from? How is your long-term plan arranged? Those are two big ones. Uh, I know that there's some other half ages out there, but those are the two primary ones that maybe even though we've heard it, we're not truly aware of our opportunities. Yeah. And it sounds like in between there, in between 59 and a half and 70 and a half, that's where a lot of the planning comes in, John. Absolutely. Absolutely. So basically, if someone was going to call into me, if they're under, let's say, 58, we can talk about some things. But realistically, I want you to just be in the right page for you. I want you to understand how you can do it on your own at Vanguard or whatnot. Now, after that point in time, 59 and a half to basically the time we're gone, that's when you want to potentially hire a skilled advisor. That's where you want someone who's going to help you not make the most money you've ever made in your life, but make sure you're controlling it. Make sure it's doing exactly what you want it to do so that when you do decide you want to retire. That money's not only available, it can keep paying you for as long as you're around. That's a huge difference. And so those are the big periods of time. But yeah, 59 and a half is when you really need to start thinking if you want to hire someone, if you should hire someone, or if you can do this on your own. Have questions for John? Drop us an email at retirementsolutionradio.com. Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if John Hicks is licensed in your state, please call 502-690-5635. J. Hagen Capital Inc. is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through John Hicks, Kentucky Insurance License Number 998827.